my kids, they don't listen to radio in the car, but not much. And they don't think about it very much. Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. If radio doesn't grapple with this 18 to 34 problem, it's just going to accelerate the sadness. Brand With On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the mediamorphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. Steve Goldstein is a most audio innovator and media thought leader. He started in radio, but is now focused on all audio platforms with his trend-setting company, Amplify Media. Steve now helps media companies and brands create and develop and monetize original branded content on any number of platforms. He's instrumental in creating winning recipes with audio ingredients too. Brand with On Demand is proud to welcome back Steve Goldstein. Hey, Steve. Hey, how are you guys? We Good. are great. How are you? Uh, you know, just uh, just living the COVID dream, you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so that's going on. Plus, the mediascape keeps changing. We're seeing layoffs, reductions, rollbacks, whatever you want to call it, from some of the major companies. And meanwhile, folks like Howard Stern, $90 million a year from SiriusXM. Joe Rogan just signed that $100 million deal with Spotify. And now it looks like Amazon and Apple and people like that are starting to get into the audio mix. So, Steve, what do you see that all meaning for traditional radio stations? Well, let's start with what's obvious and true, and that is stars get paid because stars attract audience. And that's always been the case going back to the early days of movies and vaudeville. So that's an evergreen. Where the content is played or how it's played is really what we're talking about here. A podcast is just the latest delivery method, and it makes all the sense in the world to me as I think about what I've been doing for the past four months, which is watching Netflix. And what is that but on demand? So here's Rogan and some of these other guys moving into podcasting, which is on-demand audio. How does this affect local radio? Well, uh, the share for radio in general, and you know me, I am the glass half-empty guy, so stop me anytime you want. But the listenership for radio is going down somewhere in the neighborhood of 9% a year, probably that's been escalated with uh, everything COVID-19 and a lot of changing habits. But local radio, if they have stars, they can do something that's similar to this. If they don't, Kipper, I, I fear the impact is just an escalated change in, in audience. Well, in a recent Blogstein post, you noted a classic Hollywood line, no one knows anything, especially in this COVID era. You mentioned the only thing we know is that habits have been altered and the chance of everything going back to the way it was is pretty minimal. So where do you see things going, Steve? Uh, great question. Uh, all, all spitballing an answer. But some of the trends, and maybe trends is the wrong word, because I, I don't know that we see a trend yet. We we see uh, periodic observations, but you see real estate, they're going to go through a dramatic change. I mean, uh, just in today's trades, talks about radio companies not needing as much office space. Well, that's true across the board. 
as more people work out of the house. I do think people will go to work, but I also think that there will be fewer of them. And so that means fewer people in the car. That means a continual change in listening. So I don't see things reverting back. I do fear my local Chinese restaurant not coming back. And I think, I mean, we all have our favorites and know that these guys have had a a tough time. So I think when you look at the local marketplace and think about advertisers, they're going to have a tough time. Radio is going to have a tough time. It is having a tough time right now. This is a falling knife. I mean, these companies are in trouble and hopefully it comes back, but it won't shoot back like anything else. I mean, none of this is going to shoot back. Yeah, everything is changing. So with audience migration and, of course, different listening patterns happening, I mean, clearly this is a real thing. So that begs the question, what is going to be the future role of what we now consider traditional radio? Well, I think local media is challenged. I think it's way bigger than local radio. I mean, look at local newspapers, either uh, gone or they're eight pages long and a lot of you know, syndicated content. Uh, there was an article recently that the Gannett newspaper chain, which was founded in Elmira and Ithaca, New York, has one reporter for the newspaper in Ithaca, New York. Wow. That's a fundamental change to local. And so you see this, even TV stations are getting hit and having to cut back, the local newspapers cutting back, local radio. I think about the newsrooms that local radio used to have and don't have, and local news is a key attribute. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really important. And I, I remember I was at a dinner with uh, Jarl Mohn when he was running NPR, and he said, hey, if commercial radio is going to strip out their news departments, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to build a news department because I will be the default local news source. And that made a big difference. I mean, if you look at ratings in medium, even big, but mostly medium markets mm-hmm. where the local radio station news is coming out of Detroit, um, they are doing extremely well. So what's the path for local? I think the path for local is to be truly local. Mm-hmm. And, and then turning to the, to the dollars, the monetization part, one thing in the big national shows have in common is they're all based on some kind of subscription model, you know, $5 here, 10 bucks there. Limbaugh's been doing his 24-7 membership for years. Meanwhile, people like NPR and Caleb channels are among the listener-supported options. Can a local radio station, Steve, do anything behind a content wall for premium content? Well, you know, first of all, Rush Limbaugh is, is the exception and not the rule. And secondly, I, I don't know what the revenue numbers is uh, are. I don't know what the percent of audience is that subscribes, but I'm going to assume it's a small number, probably a nice revenue number, however. Uh, so I don't want to minimize the importance of being able to do something like that. But when I think about the local radio station, what premium content do they have that people are willing to pay for? And I read the same pieces you guys read about radio companies, you know, taking a syndicated show and putting it in place of a local show. But I'm not sure there's a premium content model in most cases. 
And if the morning show is just doing the almost impossible trivia, there, there certainly isn't a reason to think that that could be premium content. So I'm not a huge fan of paywall, by the way, in podcasting, not a huge fan of paywall. Mm -hmm. I've not seen that work well. I would much rather aggregate a larger audience and use the ad sales model. Shifting gears a bit, from a pure branding standpoint, you recently had some interesting takes on sonic identity, the sound. You mentioned back in the day, the old NBC chimes were the very first audio signature ever to be trademarked. For years, radios used things like jingles and sounders, station voices. How is that evolving right now, and how do you see it advancing in the near future? A really interesting question because podcasts have been, uh, in many respects, production averse. Um, and I do see that changing. You're hearing higher quality production. And I should qualify that. The storytelling production has always been exceptional. I mean, I'm just constantly amazed at how good the storytelling and editing is. So, so I'm not talking about that kind of production. I'm talking about the showcase production that goes around it. And right. I think that that uh, has become uh, more integrated into a lot of podcasts. I mean, I, I think about Sonic Identity. One of my first jobs in broadcasting was at WABC Radio in New York at a time when they played music. And footnote to the carbon dating of your friend here. Um, <laughs> WABC has been in talk longer than it was in music. Yeah. But at the time, the WABC chime was among the most identifiable audio pieces anywhere in the New York area and beyond. You bet. And those sorts of things, I think, are important. When we launched a radio station when I was at Saga called The Hog in Milwaukee, uh, and you, may, you guys may remember this, we used snorts, the ID. Yep. Sure, remember that. We would segue songs with just a in between the songs. Right. And it was so effective, rather than having to have the voice guy and the voice guy do a trite little saying that goes along with it, we were using something that nobody else could do or use to identify the radio station. I, I think it's an incredibly important part of audio in general, and it is happening on multiple platforms because advertisers are recognizing that sonic identity is is way more important, I think, than they used to give it credit. And that's not universal. Some of them have used it really well. And oh, by the way, on the NBC Chimes, 1923. Mm. Yeah, and Andy Grohl was way ahead of his time with the Intel sound, too, the signature. You know, the Intel sound was a, a really, really smart move. And if yeah. you recall, he forced all of his clients yes, to did. run the Intel logo in the middle of their commercial. So mm -hmm. the Dell commercial had four seconds of an Intel logo built into it. How brilliant Intel was that? Inside, right? Yeah, Andy Grove. And we pause for ba-da-da-da-da. <laughs> we are with one of media's best and brightest, Steve Goldstein. Hey, somebody you'd like to hear from, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Email us at show at brandwithondemand.com. And to get the official Brand With Show Notes email, along with other cool stuff, just text Notes On Demand to 44222. 
One word, notes on demand to 44222. And to get all the show notes, including some tasty extras and brand with exclusives, just text notes on demand to 44222. That's notes on demand, one word, to 44222. Coming up, Steve shares some things he knows now he really wishes he knew way back when. And then something he'd like to know now about something that hadn't even happened yet. That's next. Hi, this is Dave from Music Master Scheduling, here with another Music Master raving fan. Hey, I'm Bailey, Program Director for KOSP and Midwest Family Broadcasting in Springfield, Missouri. Music Master has helped me add so many cool new things to my station. Ready to become a Music Master raving fan? I'm so thankful for Music Master and the team for helping us grow our station into what it is today. Get in touch at musicmaster.com slash sales. The stuff we know now, we wish we'd known then. Brand with On Demand. With the always insightful Steve Goldstein, the CEO of Amplify Media. Steve, what's the one thing you know now that you really wish you knew 10 or 15 years ago? And as a bonus, the one thing you wish you knew now about what will happen 10 or 15 years from today? Yeah, boy. Thanks thanks for the easy one. Um, I would have bought more Amazon stock. You know, I was starting to adopt Amazon for my shopping. I had a friend who worked in Amazon and kept whispering in my ear, we're blowing up, we're blowing up, it's going well. I, I, I wish I had bought more. I mean, so I, I think that's a directional sort of thing. It's a reminder that change of behavior changes economics around it, including the radio business. Money's a trailing uh, variable. And that, and then and then you ask what will be ten or fifteen years from now, which I'm sorry is just sort of laughable because right. How about five months from now, right? Yeah, the la- the right, right. Who would have predicted where we are with this crazy COVID thing? Uh but I think it was Mikhail Gorbachev who said to Colin Powell, There's nobody with a five year plan anymore, including us. At the time, he was addressing Colin Powell and saying to him, you need a new enemy. Because at the time, they were trying to open the economy. I mean, things are different today. But, uh, I, you know, who thinks in five-year plans anymore? Good point. So I think that there's a confluence of things when we talk about what's going to happen 10 to 15 years from now. Some of that is dependent on technology. So I think about the smartphone. The smartphone could not have happened before it happened because flash memory wasn't cheap enough and the great color screens weren't available. Bluetooth wasn't sophisticated. LTE had not come out. uh, So you didn't have the fast connections on mobile. Social media, which is a reason that people adopted these phones because who makes phone calls on phones anymore? Um, (laughs) That's a big deal. Photos. So some of this is timing, right? Right. And when you think about it, we don't really see too many radios on Star Wars now, do we? You don't see too many radios in Best Buy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's true. And my kids, I mean, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. My kids, uh, you know, they'll listen to radio in the car, but not much. And they don't think about it very much. No, my nieces and nephews are exactly the same way. You know, if radio doesn't grapple with this 18 to 34 problem, It's just going to accelerate the sadness. 
Unfortunately, we've been talking about that problem since the 80s. It's a failure of imagination on the part of leadership. That's it. You're in Central. That's right. Our thanks to Steve Goldstein. He is truly a pioneer in the audio space. Got to be following him. Hey, more information about Steve. Notes on demand. Text 44222. Our thanks to executive producer Cindy Huber for putting this all together. And coming up next, she's been named PD of the Year while programming the Station of the Year. And she's no stranger to most other broadcast awards, too. Not to mention, at or near the top of the Nielsen ratings in Los Angeles. We welcome the PD of KFI and KEIB, Robin Bertolucci. That's a wrap, Kipper. Don't waste time polishing a sneaker. We'll talk about it in One Minute Martinizing. It's in the show notes at brandlondman.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wise.